ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سنتريز لكشن ان شاء الله تعالى we're going to discuss one of the ahadith from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it is the hadith of Abu Ruqayya Tamim ibn Aws al-Dari radiyallahu anhu. Anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal ad-dinu al-nasiha. Qulna liman? Qal lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasoolihi wa li a'immati al-muslimina wa a'ammatihim. Rawahu muslim. So this hadith, which is narrated by Abu Ruqayya, Tamim ibn Aws, radiallahu anhu, he states that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ad-deenu nasiha that this religion, it is advice. We said, to who? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, for Allah, and for his book, and for his messenger, and for the leaders of the Muslims, and for the commoners amongst the Muslims. So this advice, it is for all of those. But what does the word advice mean? What does this hadith mean? And what does the word advice or an-nasiha, which is used, what does this mean? Then that is what we will discuss inshallah during this lecture. Firstly, we can say that this hadith, there is another narration, uh, another version of the hadith. وَجَاءَ فِي رِوَايَةٍ أُخْرَىٰ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالَ الدِّينُ النَّصِيحَةِ الدِّينُ النَّصِيحَةِ الدِّينُ النَّصِيحَةِ كَرَّرَهُ ثَلَاثًا مِنْ بَابِ التَّأْكِيدِ In another narration of this hadith, the Prophet وسلم, he repeated the statement three times. He repeated the statement three times in the other narration, in the other version of this hadith, which is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. Repeated this statement three times to indicate the importance of this statement. So what is the meaning of al-Nasiha? What is the meaning that the religion is Nasiha? Ma'na al-Nasiha ay al-Khulus. It means to purify something. An-Nasiha means to purify something, to cleanse something, to make it free of any uh, factors or uh, any other affairs that are mixed in with it. To purify it and to make it sincere. That is An-Nasiha, Al-Khulus. Yuqal shay'un nasih, yani khalisun min al-ghish. It is said, for example, that something is nasih, from the word nasiha, meaning that it is free of deception. It is clean and pure and accurate and proper and sincere, free of any type of deception or cheating. For example, they say sometimes, Asalun nasih and Labanun nasih, yani khalisun min al wal They say, for example, this honey, it is nasih, from the word nasiha, meaning that this honey is pure. It doesn't have any other things mixed in with it. Other uh, items or other compounds 
other types of uh, uh, ingredients that are not pure honey. Rather, this is nasih, nasiha, meaning that it is pure honey. Similarly, they might say this is milk which is nasih, meaning that it is pure milk, pure milk or pure yogurt that doesn't have any other factors or any other ingredients mixed in with it, but rather it is pure. So this is what an nasiha means. وَهَكَذَا دِينُ islam So then, as Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan ta'ala says, that's exactly what the religion of Islam is. When we speak about purity and sincerity, then that's exactly what the religion of Islam is. فَإِنَّهُ خَالِصٌ مِّن كُلِّ بَاطِلٍ Because it is pure and clean from every type of falsehood. The religion of Islam is pure and clean from every type of falsehood. وَمِّن كُلِّ خِدَاعٍ وَمَكْرٍ وَغِشٍ وَخِيَانًا And it is free and clean and pure from every type of deception and plotting and cheating and treachery. It is free of all of those types of characteristics. فَهُوَ دِينٌ خَالِصٌ So it is a religion that is pure and clean and free of these other types of affairs that would make it mixed and impure. دِينٌ صَافٍ it is a religion that is clean, pure. وَكَذَلِكَ الْمُسْلِمُ يَسْتَوِي ظَاهِرُهُ وَبَاطِنُهُ عَلَى النَّصِيحَةِ وَالسَّلَامَةِ مِنَ الْأَخْلَاقِ سَيِّئَةِ وَالْخِيَانَةِ وَالْغَدَرِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ And that's why a Muslim, he similarly makes sure that what is outside on his appearance and his actions, then that matches what is on his inside. That a Muslim, what is upon, apparent upon him on the outside, it matches that which is on the inside. In terms of this nasiha, in terms of this purity and sincerity. So he is free from evil mannerisms and bad mannerisms, and treachery and deception and cheating and lying. He is free from those types of characteristics. He is upon being in a state of this nasiha, in a state of this purity and cleanliness from those types of characteristics, Mixing in with his uh, affair. أما الذي يغش أو يخدع أو يمكر أو يختلف ظاهره عن باطنه فهذه الخصال ليست من الدين. As for somebody who engages in treachery and deception and cheating and plotting, somebody who engages in those types of activities, or somebody who his inside doesn't match his outside. There's a difference between what's in his heart and what apparently occurs upon his limbs. There's a difference between them. A type of person who is upon this way, then these are characteristics that are not characteristics of the religion of Islam. And the Prophet has restricted this religion into being a nasiha. Meaning that he has made this religion to be restricted upon purity and sincerity. This religion is restricted to being upon purity and sincerity. And nothing other than that enters into it. وَلَمَّا سَأَلَ صَحَابَةُ رِضْوَانُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ سَلَّمْ عَنِ النَّصِيحَةِ وَقَالُوا لِمَنْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So when the companions asked the Prophet وسلم, Who is this nasiha for? This purity, this sincerity of your affair being upon this cleanliness, then what does it mean? Who for? How? So the Prophet said to them, firstly, Lillah. Firstly, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This nasiha, this purity, this cleanliness, this sincerity, then firstly and foremostly, it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
that you are sincere between yourself and Allah. You are sincere between yourself and Allah. فَأَوَّلُ شَيْءٍ أَن تَكُونَ نَاسِحًا فِيمَا بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَذَلِكَ بِأَن تَعْبُدَهُ حَقَّ عِبَادَتِهِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِهِ إِيمَانًا كَامِلًا How do you make this affair upon nasiha between yourself and Allah, upon purity and clarity and cleanliness and sincerity? Clearly by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed. Worshipping Allah upon tawheed fully fulfilling the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon his slaves. Just like in the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said to him Ya Mu'adh, atadri ma haqqu Allahi ala al-ibad wa ma haqqu al-ibadi ala Allah. Oh Mu'adh, do you know what the right of Allah is upon his slaves and what the right of the slaves upon Allah, uh, the right of the slaves upon Allah is? So he said, Allah wa Rasuluhu alam. Allah and his messenger know best. And after the death of the Prophet sallam, we say, Allah alam only. So then the Prophet sallam told him, حَقُّ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوهُ وَلَا يُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا The right of Allah upon his slaves is that they worship him and do not commit any type of shirk. وَحَقُّ الْعِبَادِ عَلَى اللَّهِ And the right of the slaves upon Allah, not that we have any rights upon Allah, but this is a virtue that Allah has given to us, is that Allah, Allah will not punish the one who does not commit shirk with him. So these are the rights of Allah that were mentioned. The right of Allah upon us is to worship him without any shirk. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to commit any type of shirk. As Allah said in the Quran, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk with him. So this is the right that Allah has upon his slaves, that we worship him upon Tawheed, in Rububiyyah, in Uluhiyyah, in the names and attributes. We believe in the decree, we believe that Allah deserves this worship alone, purely, sincerely, and that no other deity has that right. That is the nasiha between the slave and Allah. That the slave behaves in this way, fulfilling the rights of Allah upon him. وَيَجِبُ أَن تَكُونَ النَّسِيحَةُ ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا and this nasiha, this purity and sincerity, has to be something which is inside and outside. Not that a slave openly and apparently demonstrates that, but inside in his heart he's not upon that. That is incorrect. Rather, it's something which is to occur inside and outside. Not that he makes apparent on the outside, which is in opposition to the inside. And that is the way of the munafiqeen, the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said concerning them. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ That the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, are in the lowest depths of the fire. They're in the lowest depths of the fire. أَمَّا النَّاصِحِ فَهُوَ الَّذِي يَسْتَوِي ظَاهِرُهُ وَبَاطِنُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ أَوَّلًا As for somebody who is upon this nasiha, then he is somebody who his internal state is in conformity to his external state. Inside and outside, he is upon that sincerity and purity to Allah. فَإِذَا قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So if he says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ عَمِلَ بِذَلِكَ He acts upon that. If a slave says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Then he acts upon that. فَلَا يَعْبُدُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ So he doesn't worship anyone besides Allah. ثُمَّ يَدْعُ النَّاسَ إِلَى مَعْنَ هَذِي الْكَلِمَ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهَا Then he also calls the people to this tawheed and to act upon this tawheed. وَإِخْلَاسِ الْعِبَادَةِ لِلَّهِ And to make their worship sincere and pure for the sake of Allah. 
وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادُ الْقَوْلُ بِالْلِسَانِ فَقَطْ The point of لا إله إلا الله isn't just to say it. It's not just about saying it on your mouth, on your tongue. لا إله إلا الله. It's not just about saying it. It's about understanding its meaning and believing in it and acting upon it as well as saying it. That's the intent behind the shahada. So even though, فَمَنْ كَانَ يُكْثِرُ مِنْ قَوْلِ لَا إِلَهِ لَلَّهُ وَلَا يَعْتَقِدُهَا وَلَا يَعْمَلُ بِمُقْتَضَاهَا فَهُوَ مُنَافِقُ If somebody keeps saying لا إله إلا الله no matter how many times he says it, if he doesn't believe in it and he doesn't act upon it, then he is just like the munafiqeen. The ones who used to say لا إله إلا الله but in reality they didn't believe it and they didn't act upon it except to simply show the others that they are acting upon it. Then, after that, that being the first of the affairs, that a person has this nasiha between himself and Allah. Ad-dinun nasiha. This religion is this nasiha, this purity, this sincerity, this advice. How? Firstly, between a slave and Allah. The nasiha between a slave and Allah is that the slave, the servant of Allah, makes his worship pure and sincere for the sake of Allah. As we've mentioned many times before, for all acts of worship or any act of worship to be accepted, then it must be upon sincerity and following the sunnah. Al-ikhlas wal-mutaba'ah. So here, the first part of this nasiha is that a person has this advice upon himself in making his worship, his obedience to Allah sincere between himself and Allah. Not for the sake of anyone else. Not to be like the munafiqeen who used to do their worship for others besides Allah. Not to be like those who fall into uh, some types of shirk in terms of showing off. But rather all of his worship and his obedience, he recognizes, he understands that this is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the nasiha between the servant and Allah. In this hadith, as the Prophet said, ad-dinun nasiha. The first part is between the servant and Allah. Then after that, the Prophet said, وَلِكِتَابِهِ And for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The nasiha, this advice, this counsel, this sincerity, this purity, to be between the slave or the servant and the Qur'an also. Between the servant and the Qur'an, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is that? How is that to be done? أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِهِ وَتَعْتَقِدَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّهُ مُنَزَّلٌ غَيْرُ مَخْلُوقٌ وَأَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ حَقِيقًا أَنزَلَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ ثُمَّ تُكْثِرَ مِنْ تِلَاوَتِهِ وَتَدَبُّرِهِ وَتَتَأَمَّلَ مَعَانِيهِ وَتَطْلُبُ تَفْسِيرًا ثُمَّ تَعْمَلُ بِهِ وَتُخْلِصُ الْعَمَلَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ هَذِهِ النَّصِيحَةُ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ So there are different ways or different things that Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions in regards to this nasiha between yourself and the book of Allah. This advice or counsel or purity and cleanliness between yourself and the book of Allah. Then firstly, it is that you believe and have iman that this is the word of Allah. It is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it was revealed from Allah. It is not created and that it is actually and in reality the speech of Allah. You believe that the Qur'an is in reality and in actuality the speech of Allah. Allah spoke the Qur'an with a voice and a sound. And it was heard by Jibreel alayhi salam. Allah spoke the Qur'an and it was heard by Jibreel alayhi salam. And then he took that to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. So this is the speech of Allah. 
This is an attribute of Allah. The speech of Allah in reality. And no doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. Just like in the Quran, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa in the reality of speech. In actual speech. So you believe that this is the word of Allah, the speech of Allah, that it was revealed from Allah. It is not created as some of the people of innovation they believed. That this was revealed upon the Prophet Muhammad by Jibreel Al-Amin, the trustworthy Jibreel Unlike some of the Shia who believe that Jibreel he made a mistake. Some of the Shia, the Rafidah, some of them they believe in their deviated misguidance that Jibreel made a mistake. He was supposed to take the Quran to Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. That's what they say. He was supposed to take the Quran to Ali radiallahu anhu. But he made a mistake and he took it to Muhammad This is their belief, their deviated misguidance. Rather, we believe this is the speech of Allah that was revealed, spoken by Allah, revealed from the heavens, and taken down to the Prophet Muhammad by Jibreel as it was intended. Not as the Rafidah and those misguided individuals claim. Then also, the nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an, after believing the correct aqidah with regards to the Qur'an as we have mentioned, you believe, or rather you increase and you attempt to recite the Qur'an as much as possible. That is nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an, the book of Allah. To recite the Qur'an as much as possible. And to concentrate on the recitation. To concentrate on the recitation of the Qur'an. To focus on the recitation of the Qur'an. To focus on the meanings of what you're reciting. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ if you recite the Qur'an, then seek refuge in Allah. So that Allah protects you from the whisperings of the shaitan whilst you're reciting. So that you don't slip up in your recitation or that you end up making mistakes everywhere in your recitation. So you seek refuge in Allah and you recite the Qur'an and you ponder over the Qur'an. You think about the meanings just like Allah said. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Do they not ponder over the Qur'an? Ponder over the Qur'an, think about the Qur'an, focus on its meanings, focus on what Allah has mentioned in there. And if the Qur'an was from somebody else besides Allah, then there would have been much contradiction within it. It would have been full of contradictions if it was just somebody else who wrote it. But it is a book, the book of Allah, free of any type of contradiction. Pure and clean, revealed by Allah from the speech of Allah. So it is upon us to, uh, to recite and to ponder over, and to focus, and to uh, think about the meanings of the Qur'an as Allah commanded us to do so, as Allah guided us to do so. Also, you seek the tafsir, to understand the tafsir of the Qur'an. To read the Qur'an, to understand its meanings, and no doubt understanding the meanings, a part of that is to understand the tafsir. To understand the tafsir of the Qur'an, what is intended by these ayat. What is intended by the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because the revelation as we've mentioned, it is two parts. The revelation of the Qur'an, the revelation of the sunnah. Upon the understanding of the salaf of this ummah. So it is upon a person to understand this Qur'an. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, How unbelievable, 
How unbelievable is the state of a person, a student of knowledge, somebody learning the religion and he doesn't know the meanings of the Qur'an. How unbelievable and sad is that? That a person doesn't understand the meanings of the Qur'an, the speech of his Lord. So it is befitting that every person sits and reads and tries to understand and gets the uh, translations of the meanings, if not understanding Arabic, to be able to try to get some understanding of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the nasiha between a servant and the Qur'an and the book of Allah. Then after that, the Prophet ﷺ said to the companions, وَلِرَسُولِهِ Nasiha, this counsel, this advice, this purification between the servant and the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How is that to be done? Quite clearly that you accept and you believe in the testification of Tawheed. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. That the Prophet Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. He is the slave of Allah. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبَدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ I bear testification that the Prophet Muhammad is the slave of Allah and his messenger. In that statement when you say, I bear testification that Prophet Muhammad is the slave of Allah and the messenger of Allah. أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبَدُهُ The slave of Allah وَرَسُولُهُ The messenger of Allah Then within that It is telling you what the correct belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is And it is refuting The false beliefs Of those individuals who exaggerated in the right of the Prophet ﷺ And those who fell short With regards to the right of the Prophet ﷺ so when you say that you believe and you testify that Muhammad is the slave of Allah, that is a refutation of all of those people who exaggerated and went into extremes with regards to the right of the Prophet So they began to say that he is made out of light, for example. They began to say he walks without a shadow, for example. And all of these things, as the scholars have said, there isn't a scrap of evidence to prove it. These are things that the people have made up. The Prophet ﷺ was made out of light and he was walking and the sun was coming and there was no shadow when he used to walk. These are things that people have made up themselves, stories that they have made up themselves. There is no evidence, no hadith, no ayah in the Qur'an that proves any of that. The ayat in the Qur'an which they think prove that is their misunderstanding because they don't look at the tafsir of the Qur'an. They don't understand the tafsir of the Qur'an, they don't understand what the sahaba understood from those ayat. They make their own tafsir and they say, there you go, that's the evidence. So we do not go to this exaggeration. We don't go into this extreme. We say that the Prophet ﷺ is the slave of Allah. He is a slave, he is a human just like we were. But he is the best of the creation. The Prophet ﷺ is the best of the creation, the seal of the prophets, chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring this revelation. And that's why we say, وَرَسُولُهُ We also testify that he is the messenger of Allah. Not that you go to an extreme and start to say, well, we don't believe that he was made out of light and that he was made out of uh, without a shadow. Well, that's true, correct. We don't believe in those things. We don't accept those types of beliefs. We don't practice those types of beliefs because that's exaggeration. But at the same time, you don't fall into a lack of fulfilling the rights either. You don't start to fall short in fulfilling the rights of the Prophet ﷺ. So how can a person fall short in fulfilling the rights of the Prophet 
by not fulfilling the commandments and the prohibitions that have been taught to us. The Prophet ﷺ gave us commandments, he gave us prohibitions. A person who doesn't implement those commandments and prohibitions, then he is falling short with regards to the nasiha between himself and the Messenger of Allah. He's falling short with regards to his stance in implementation of the religion in this nasiha, this purification and sincerity of the religion between himself and the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who was sent with the guidance. He was sent to the revelation. So when we say that the Prophet Muhammad is the slave of Allah and the Messenger of Allah, we refute the people who go into exaggeration with regards to the Prophet and they begin to make all types of claims that are not true. We say, no, he is the servant of Allah. And at the same time, we say he is the Messenger of Allah. So we refute all of those people who reject the Sunnah of the Prophet and they refuse to implement and act upon the Sunnah of the Prophet They're falling short. We say, no, we accept he is Rasulullah. He is the Messenger of Allah, that is our belief. He was sent with the revelation, the best of creation. So the affair is balanced in that way. And that is what Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they are upon in that middle pathway as we discussed previously. So we don't fall into extremism or exaggeration, and neither do we fall short with regards to the right of the Prophet ﷺ. And that is the meaning of this nasiha between yourself and the Prophet ﷺ. Similarly, as we know, the four affairs, the four affairs that are linked to the shahadatain, or the second part, ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, four parts. Firstly, ta'atuhu fima amara, to obey the Messenger of Allah in that which He commanded us with. To obey the Messenger of Allah in that which He commanded us with. Secondly, وَاجْتِنَابُ مَا نَهَا عَنْهُ وَزَجَرَ To stay away from those things that he prohibited from and he warned against. To stay away from those things that he prohibited from and warned against. That's the second part of your belief in the testification when you say, I believe that the Muhammad Wasallam is the Messenger of Allah. That's the second part, that you are going to stay away from the prohibitions that you have been taught. The third part, تَصْدِيقُهُ فِيمَا أَخْبَرَ That you believe completely with certainty the information, the ahadith, the authentic narrations that the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned to us with regards to the knowledge of the unseen, with regards to the uh, grave and the hereafter and events that are going to occur on the Day of Judgment. All of these types of things, they are from the unseen. But we believe in those news, in those ahadith with certainty. Because that is from the Prophet ﷺ. And the fourth thing, أَلَّا يُعْبَدُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِمَا شَرَعَهُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be worshipped except by what the Prophet ﷺ legislated. Or rather what Allah legislated and it came uh, in that revelation of the Qur'an and the Sunnah also. So we do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except by that which was legislated. That is the four parts to your testification, I believe in the Prophet Muhammad as the slave and messenger of Allah. To act upon that which he commanded with, to stay away from that which he prohibited from, to believe with certainty the information that he gave us, and to only worship Allah in how he taught us. That is the meaning of your testification, the second part of the testification. That therefore means that a person also will not attribute to the Prophet ﷺ that which is not from the Prophet 
And that's why in one hadith it is mentioned, إِنَّ كَذِبًا عَلَيَّ لَيْسَ كَكَذِبٍ عَلَى غَيْرِ مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّأَ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ أَخْرَجُ الْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمُ The Prophet said, lying upon me is not like lying upon any other person. A person who lies upon me, then that is not the same as lying upon some other person. The one who lies upon me intentionally, purposely, somebody who lies upon me or attributes lies to me intentionally and purposely, then let him prepare his place in the hellfire. Let him be ready for his place in the hellfire. Let his place in the hellfire be prepared for him. The one who lies upon me intentionally. The one who purposely does that. So this indicates the severity of that affair. The severity of contradicting or going against what the Prophet ﷺ commanded us with and the revelation that he came with. Then the shaykh says, having said all that, the point isn't simply just to memorize hadith. person may think, well in that case I'll memorize lots of hadith then. Shaykh says the point isn't simply just to memorize hadith, but the point is also to understand them, so that you can then act upon them. You memorize the hadith, and you understand them, and you act upon them. It's not sufficient for a person to just memorize and memorize, and he doesn't know what he's memorizing, or the meanings of them, and he's not acting upon them, that is not sufficient. A person should memorize and understand the meanings of what he's memorizing, and act upon those uh, meanings and those ahadith from the sunnah. So the shaykh says, you shouldn't say, فَلَا تَقُلْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ كَذَا فَأَنْتَ لَا تَنْسِبُ إِلَى الرَّسُولَ سَلَّمْ إِلَّا لَفْضَ الْحَدِيثِ وَلَا تَنْسِبُ إِلَيْهِ الْمَعَانِي إِلَّا مَا وَقَفْتَ عَلَى صِحَّتِهِ إِمَّا بِنَفْسِكَ إِذَا كُنْتَ أَهْلًا لِذَلِكَ أَوْ تَسْأَلْ أَهْلَ الْعِلْمِ أَوْ تُرَاجِعْ كُتَبَ الصَّحَاحِ الْمُدَوَّنَةِ الَّتِي تَلَقَّتْهَا الْأُمَّ بِالْقُبُولِ بِالْقَبُولِ So, the Shaykh says, do not say that the Prophet ﷺ said such and such if you are not aware of the reality of the meaning of that hadith. Don't attribute to the Prophet ﷺ your own understanding of things. Don't say there's this hadith, so therefore the Prophet ﷺ meant by that such and such. Don't attribute your own understandings to a hadith until you have seen the explanations of the scholars. You've seen the explanations of those hadith in the authentic books. You've seen the hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim that clarify those affairs. Until you have seen the reality of the meanings then do not attribute your own understanding and your own meanings to the sunnah. And that's like we used to say before, the hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhu, لَوْ كَانَ الدِّينُ بِالرَّأِي لَكَانَ الْمَسْحُ عَلَى بَاطِنِ الْخُفْءِ أَوْلَ مِنْ ظَاهِرِهِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالْ That if the religion was based upon our intellects and our own opinions, then wiping over the bottom of the socks would have been more logical than wiping over the top. Because it is the bottom of the sock where the dust gathers. Just like Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu said uh, about the black stone, إِنِّي لَأَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ حَجَرٌ لَا تَضُرُّ وَلَا تَنْفَعُ وَلَوْ لَا أَنِّي رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم يُقَبِّلُكْ مَا قَبَّلْتَكَ He said, you are a stone, you can't harm me, you can't do any good to me. And if I hadn't seen the Prophet kissing you, I wouldn't have kissed you. Meaning I'm only doing this because that is what the Quran and the Sunnah has taught me. 
So this is a part of the meaning of the nasiha between a slave and the messenger of Allah. Also, from the meaning of a nasiha between a slave, a servant and the messenger of Allah, is that a person follows those commandments and prohibitions and does not innovate. Innovation and bid'ah goes against the nasiha. It goes against the nasiha when it was said, Ad-Dinu nasiha qulna liman ya Rasulullah qala lillahi wa likitabihi wa li rasulihi. The nasiha between the servant and the messenger of Allah. That nasiha is not in its uh, in the correct form. It is deficient, it is inaccurate, it is uh, falsified if a person falls into innovation in that particular act. So we know that from the ahadith of the Prophet Whoever innovates anything into this religion of ours, then it will be rejected. Similarly, man amila amila laysa alayhi amruna fahuarad. Whoever does an action that is not from our actions, it will be rejected. Similarly, fa'innahu man yaish minkum fasira akhtalafan kathira. Fa'innahu man yaish minkum min ba'di fasira akhtalafan kathira. Fa'alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulifai al-rashidin al-mahdiyin. Tamassaku biha wa'addu alayha bin nawajith. Wa'iyyakum wa muhdathati al-umur. Fa'inna kulla muhdathati bid'a wa kulla bid'atin dalala. In this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that those of you who live after me, then you will see much differing. So upon you is to cling on to the sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided Khulafa al-Rashidin. Stick to that and bite onto it with your mawla teeth and be warned from the newly invented affairs. Be warned from these innovations. Because every one of these newly invented affairs is an innovation and every innovation is a misguidance. So a person who engages in bid'ah, then that is not what is required with regards to the nasiha between a servant and the messenger of Allah. Similarly, weak ahadith. Acting upon weak ahadith or using weak ahadith and uh, fabricated ahadith, then that is not nasiha between a person and the messenger of Allah. To attribute this type of speech to the Prophet wasallam. And in reality, it is not attributable to the Prophet ﷺ. That is regarding the nasiha between a slave and the Prophet ﷺ. Then after that, the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And to the leaders of the Muslims, nasiha between a person and the leaders of the believers. Again, the leaders of the believers, the leaders, we know the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, is ولاتُ الأمور وَالنَّسِيحَةُ لَهُمْ تَكُونُ بِاعْتِقَادِ وِلَايَتِهِمْ To accept the leadership. The ruler, the one who is in charge of that land, of that area, then you accept that Muslim ruler over that land or area. And you hear and you obey in the goodness and uh, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you do that which is required of you to do. You do that which the ruler requires the people to do, or he commands the people to do, if it is in accordance to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you hear and you obey. Similarly, وَكَذَلِكَ مِنَ النَّسِيحَ لِوُلَاتِ الْأُمُورِ مُنَاسَحَتُهُمْ عَنْ بَعْضِ الْأَخْطَاءِ الَّتِي تَحْصُلُ وَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ عَنْهَا فَيُبَلَّغُونَ بِهَا إِنْ كَانَتْ مِنْ غَيْرِهِمْ وَإِنْ كَانَتْ مِنْهُمْ يُبَيَّنُ لَهُمْ خَطَأُهُمْ also the nasiha between the person and the rulers is that the rulers are advised if errors occur from them. 
If any errors occur from the rulers, then a person, he advises those rulers. But that is not done as some of the individuals, they do it now. Some of the people, they say, Al-Amr bil-ma'aruf, al-munkar. We're enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. So they get up on the mimbar and they speak ill of the rulers and they curse the rulers and they incite the people against the rulers. And that is not the methodology of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. This chaos that you see amongst the people in their demonstrations and their riots and their uprisings, the killing of innocent people, the looting, the destruction, and that is not the methodology of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. Rather, the nasiha which is given between a slave and the ruler, it is done in private. It is done in a manner which is not upon the member uh, in that way which becomes an exposition rather than an advice. So it is not from the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah to speak out against the rulers and to abuse them and to curse them. That's why like we mentioned previously, some of the Salaf they used to say, if I had one dua that was going to be answered, then I would make the dua for the ruler. Because if the dua for the ruler is accepted, then that will mean everybody under his rulership, everybody under his rulership will be benefiting from that too. If they have a righteous ruler. If you had a righteous Muslim ruler, then everybody under his authority would benefit from that. Because he would be just and upright in his Islamic uh, practice, etc. So that is the uh, nasiha with regards to the slave and the ruler. And that statement of the salaf was from Al-Fudayl ibn Ayyad. Al-Fudayl ibn Ayyad, rahimahullah, he said, لَوْ عَلِمْتُ أَنَّ لِي دَعْوَةً مُسْتَجَابًا لَسَرَفْتُهَا لِلسُلْطَانِ If I knew that I had a dua that was going to be answered, then I would have done it for the leader. After that, nasiha between the slave and the general masses of the Muslims. The slave and the general masses of the Muslims. How is that nasiha done? Firstly, by truthfulness in your behavior with the slaves of Allah truthfulness and honesty and uprightness in your behavior with your brothers and sisters. Not to be an individual who is deceptive and treacherous and lying, but rather to be someone who is upright and honorable and truthful in the behavior between himself and his other brothers and sisters, in dealing with them in business and trade and in other affairs with his manners. Just like the Prophet ﷺ said, I have been sent to complete, to beautify these manners. The beautiful manners. That is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. And similarly in some narrations, it was mentioned that the mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ were the Qur'an. And he was upon the best of the mannerisms and the best of the behavior. So the nasiha, which occurs between a servant and the other people as a whole, then it is to behave with them upon uprightness and truthfulness, and not to be deceptive and treacherous. Similarly, as we mentioned before regarding the principle of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. That is also from the nasiha between the slave and the people. So that when you see an error from the people, you enjoin the good and forbid the evil and you advise them. Advise them with the incorrect nature of their act in a good manner with wisdom so that they accept and clarify, them, clarify to them the reality of what should be done. So this is all from nasiha. That a person advises and he corrects and he counsels and he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. 
None of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So a person loves guidance for the brothers and the sisters, just as he loves guidance for himself. So if he sees some error, he sees some evil, he clarifies that and advises in a good and proper manner with a wisdom, not in a manner which is an exposition, or in a manner which is only to raise his own rank and status, to try to show this individual that he's knowledgeable and he has evidences and he knows this action is wrong. That is not the purpose of advice. Advice is that you want sincere advice for that person. You want him to be rectified in the error that he made. So a person does that, and that is in accordance to the hadith of the Prophet Man ra'a minkum munkaran that if a person sees some evil, then change it with your hand physically. If you're not able to do so, then change it with your tongue. And if you're not able to do so, then change it in your heart or hate it in your heart. And that is the uh, lowest or the weakest of Iman. So that advice and guidance between the Muslims, between the believers, that is a nasiha between themselves and the other believers. And that's why in one narration it also says, وَمَنْ أَشَارَ عَلَىٰ أَخِيهِ بِأَمْرٍ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّ الرُّشْدَ فِي غَيْرِهِ فَقَدْ خَانَهُ But if a person was to behave in opposition to this nasiha, he was to try to be deceptive with the other brothers and sisters. He was trying to be treacherous, slanderous, deceptive, cheating. Then that is something which is not befitting, it is something which is a sin. As the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever advises his brother with something, and he knows that the goodness is not in that advice for him, for the person he's advising. But he purposely advises him with something, maybe because for his own benefit, he will benefit if that person acts upon this other advice, even though he knows it's no good to him. He knows this advice won't benefit that other brother, but he advises him with that advice anyway, in a deceptive way, maybe for some personal gain. Then that type of person who does this, and the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith which is in Abu Dawood, and the Muslims of Imam Ahmad, he said that indeed he has been a traitor, he has been treacherous to his brother, the one who behaves in this way, advises him, pretending he's being sincere, pretending he's being honorable, helping him, advising him, but in reality he's telling him something, which he knows is not of benefit to his brother, but maybe because of some personal gain, some personal benefit he can achieve, if the brother acts upon that advice, and that is, as the Prophet ﷺ said, treachery and deceptiveness. So a person does not behave in this way. Ad-Dinul Nasiha indicates that a person has the purity in his behavior with himself to Allah, with himself to the Book of Allah, with himself to the uh, uh, the Messenger of Allah, with himself to the rulers, and with himself and the general people as a whole. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says in conclusion, فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ مِنْ جَوَامِعِ الْكَلِمَ الَّتِي أُوتِيَهَا النَّبِي صَلَّى this is from the ahadith, which is from the jawami' al-kalim, meaning that the Prophet ﷺ used to speak with a few words, but the meanings were great. That's what jawami' al-kalim is, to speak with a few words, but the meanings are great. This hadith, very short, but the meanings are great. There are many great meanings and benefits to be taken from it. فَالدِّينُ كُلُّهُ نَصِيحًا So all of this religion is this type of advice. الدِّينُ نَصِيحًا So, the one who doesn't have this type of nasiha, this relationship between himself and Allah and the Quran and the Messenger of Allah and the rulers and the other believers, then it's as if he doesn't have the religion. It's as if he doesn't have his Islam. So it's upon a person to act upon these narrations, to act upon this uh, hadith of the Prophet to improve 
the affair between himself and Allah in terms of his worship, to improve the affair between himself and the Qur'an in terms of understanding and implementing and reading and memorizing, and between himself and the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in implementing and acting upon the Sunnah, and between himself and the rulers and the believers as a whole, and acting towards them and behaving towards them in an upright and honest manner in accordance to the Sunnah of the Prophet And that is the meaning of this hadith, that ad-deenun nasiha. This religion, it is advice, it is counsel, it is purity, it is clarity. So we'll conclude upon that point. So now for two weeks it's off. And then when we come back, we'll be starting a, a new book. Uh, a brand new book, inshallah, which we'll organize. And then the details will go out on the texts and Twitter and whatever else once it's decided. But inshallah, in two weeks' time then, We'll start with a new book uh, from the beginning.